0: You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares from the wellsprings of Jewish spiritual teaching and practice and guides us on a path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine. So we're
1: going to pick up on some of the things that we started talking about last week the piece in general we're we're looking at the Rebey's addressing the question, how is it that sometimes I feel really inspired, really holy, a very, very high, kind of elevated level of connection and, and, and motivation, all these things. And then like the next second I feel I'm right back where I was before. And uh and everybody says, What's worse is that when I get right back to where I was before, it can actually drive me down even further. Because if I, am right back here. Like, even returning to the same spot can pull me back even further, further into the, into the pit than I was. And um, so the whole Torah he's been talking about is, I mean, is uh, how do we help ourselves not fall and be able to just stand where we are spiritually, emotionally, please be God. How do we, how do we help ourselves stand there and not let the experience of of what we're lacking in that moment. How do we let that not destroy us? How do we let that not not knock us down? And part of what he was saying, he opened with this beautiful line. He says, if only we could hold on all of those those holy moments, those sparks that we've ever felt in our life of, of something good. If we had them all there with us at our disposal all the time, we would never need to even look for you know new ways to come close to God. We have it there. We've all experienced enough things in our life that we can just hold on to it and, and we'd be able to go. But it disperses so quickly, it just burns out. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so he says part of the problem is we don't know even how to recognize what a holy spark is inside of us. And, and and a lot of what we focused on last time is that he says when when we have an experience we're encountering what appears to us to be low a low state, we see our Peseranos, we say, we see what, what we're lacking, we see what's not right about us in that moment. That what we don't realize is that that is God speaking to us from within us. From within us. And and when God wants to send us a message, the tools that God has to communicate with. The words, the images, the, the senses, the sounds are basically the tools that I have inside of me, my thoughts, my feelings, my vocabulary, my experiences. So if I'm in a low place, God is going to talk to me through low speech. If, if I'm in a place where I'm chaser, where I'm lacking, most of the time God is going to talk to me through lack. He said, if, if only we can we can sort of catch in that moment, take a step back and say, wait a minute, this... This feeling of, of, nega- of negativity, of, of being low, it's not, first of all, it's not objective. It's not all there is. It's not all I'm about. And if I can catch myself in a moment and say, he has this very powerful illusion of God grabbing me by the by the clothing and saying, come, you can do it from here, from where you are. I'm with you. I can recognize that there's there's a voice of God buried beneath that voice that I'm hearing about myself. So there's, it gives me something to hold on to. It gives me something to stand with maybe he didn't may begin, begin to walk that, that was that was where we where we got to and and more importantly uh, for for tonight's sure he the last paragraph he read he was quoting from his father saying that in these generations where we're in a time what's called ikva to the the heel the heel of, of mashiach, at like the bottommost um, places of, of Tikun. so our experience of God is gonna be in, in these depths, in these lower regions. Okay, that was and, and that and that that's the place where we need to focus our, our Buddha. To not think, part of the the power of this is don't think to be holy means only what I think being holy is. Don't think to be connected to God is is only you know that moment on your kippur where I felt really good. No? When you feel bad too, when you feel distant too. Sometimes that's a voice from heaven talking to Even though our experience is the opposite. Our experience in that moment is, I'm totally out of the game. And he's saying, no, the game, the game isn't what necessarily what you think it is. Okay, that was a lot of what we we got to last week. So I wanna use that last piece to sort of introduce and tie us in because everybody's gonna go from here and start to talk a little bit about Hanukkah. And I brought the end of this piece from Parashat Vayigash and a piece from from Chanukah from the Rebbe. And in in a lot of ways, this movement towards what he called the low places is is very much um, what the holiday of Chanukah is about. So the the sort of spiritual energy of Chanukah is how do I connect to God in a dark place, in a low place, at a threshold between the inner sanctum the home and the outer sort of chaotic world like where do you find god in that? before i get into the, this farm i brought here i'm just going to on a basic level historically Chanukah it's our latest holiday it's the last club we have in history and and it happened at a time where Revelation didn't come from the outside so much. It wasn't prophecy. There weren't, you know, laser light shows. There's no Harsini anymore. Even you just think of, you know, what we're celebrating on Khanobo, the events that were are connected to in that is is a war that people decided on their own to fight against huge odds. And searching for a flask of oil that people decided they needed to do and lighting a candle. Even though it seemed like a sort of hopeless endeavor, and the, the the miracle pieces of Chanukah are that God responded to all of those things: that we fought a war and God responded by helping us win; that we let a candle, God responded by giving us a, a light that continued. But the whole experience of it is taking a, the first step in the dark. as people not with clarity, knowing what's going to be at the end. The opposite. I don't know what's going to be, but I need to do something. So in a sense, chanukah it's the, you know, even though already we're we're talking a couple thousand years since then, it's sort of the end of time holiday. It's the holiday of the Mashiach of what the Rebbe is talking about here, of being in the being in the trenches with God. Being in a place where where do I find God nowadays is not only in these moments of elation, but it's in, in lower places. And I didn't, I didn't bring it with me, but uh, in, in another one of these sparring called is Sha'rim, where he talks about what the perspective of Chasidut is what is the what is it that the Baal Shem Tov and his students and his students' students in the, in the path of Chasidut? What is it that, that the Chasidim changed or innovated in a certain way? And so he's ta- we'll, we'll, hopefully, we'll learn it together at some point because it's, it's worth learning, it's like required learning, but uh, but there's just a word he uses there which is that the afoda when it comes to the, this time in history, this time in our spiritual development of the world. Is is our our work is to seek out ha'or shibanim the light which is in the loneliness, the light that's in love, reality. So on that note, I just want to want, want to bring in also is that there's a there's a there's an argument in the gemara. It's, it's well known. Um, well known gemara is a funny thing to say because like if you know gemara, you know gemara. <laughs> In the world of Kumar is oftentimes quoted that uh, exactly: do you light eight candles the first night, and pochet vohelach, or do you light one candle the first night and mosti vohelach? And and on some level, it's a question about how do you vanquish darkness? Do you give all your strength, and then reduce and reduce and reduce to all that's left is the purest, most singular light. Or is it? No, you know what? You can take a step out into the dark, and, and and as you move further out into the dark, you can actually bring more light. You know, the halacha we fall bit hila, we fall mostly from light. When we get to this place of finding light in the dark place, in the low place, it's it's actually a process of if you start it, you can continue to make it greater. It's not one. The movement spiritually is not one of condensing, of constricting, of making things smaller. Because right? that, that's one—that's one response to obstacle, to darkness, to evil, to something that doesn't look like that's where God is. One response is, you know, what? I'm going to take all my lead and I'm going to make it very small so that I can hold on to it and make sure that it's pure and singular. Or what is this is not start to just let it out and let it go. And there's a question here too. Okay, so if we're, we're historically we're 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 digging deeper into a dark world, what is our spiritual response there? What, what, what do we even think is going on? Does that mean that we're getting, light becomes smaller as the world gets darker? Or is light able to actually permeate and become more widespread than it was before? And so I wanna read on that note a little bit from uh, a Tzadop HaKoyan, before we get into the, the repeat assessment, He's um he's talking about basically the parshas at the end of Bereshit, And specifically this is from Parsha Vayechi, the end of end of Bereshit where, where after all the service and all the trouble, Yaakov and his children and Yusuf are all together. But they're all together in return. They're all together in exile. And Yaakov wants to gather them all around and wants to tell them what the end of time is gonna look like. And the whole, you know, his eyes go dark. He can't see. And Chazal says that, there's, that when you look at the Torah scroll, this is a parasha, stuma. It's a seal. It's a closed-up parasha. Right? The Torah is written. There's paragraphs in the Torah, in the Torah scroll. And most parshas that we start, it's the beginning of a paragraph. And here it's, it's sealed up. It's just, if someone asks you to open the Torah and tell me where this parasha is, you won't be able to find it. So It's, it's just one continuous parasha. parasha. It's stuma. It's sealed up. And Chazal says it because... There's there's a ceiling up that's happening here when, when we're trying to touch the end. Yaku's trying to touch the end of time and it's it's closed. So if Tzedek is saying, you know, you look at this, you look at these partial, and you look at the world and you just see things look like they're the exile is getting greater. The exile is getting greater. And so I just want to read a few a few sentences from he It says Because this this whole revelation that Yaakov Avinu is trying to bring, whatever it is that's coming from the story of Amisha's descent into exile, it's something extremely satum. It's closed up, it's hidden. We don't have the, the mind to really capture and understand what it's about. So for that reason, the is closed up too. But nonetheless, it's hinting at us something. <laughs> to, for our hearts to not melt in the bad way, not in my heart. No. <laughs> from, the, from the fact that we are in the Mashikha. And in every generation, the, the quality of our. It seems like the souls are getting less refined. Seems like spiritually we're we're on the decline, you know the, the shvach you know Data adorot, this concept that the generations get lower and lower, and now we talk about lower we think that that's a bad thing. Maybe it just is. We're getting into a lower place. So how do we get? how do we not let, our, let just get destroyed by, by, by looking at the world? We can actually look at the story about Avot and see what happened to them specifically through their suffering and exile. It was specifically through the exile of Mitzrayim that they achieved the holiest things. I mean, just, you know what? The Torah never even talks about the fact that God's going to give us a Torah until we're slaves in Egypt. Meaning, it's through being slaves in Egypt, through the Galut of Mitzrayim, that the whole essence of what we know as Kedushat Yisrael, the holiness of Am Yisrael, is born from that experience and during that experience. Moshe brings his sheep out to, to the mountains while we're slaves in Egypt, and God starts talking to Moshe, saying, go save my people and bring them over here. That's the first time you ever hear that God wants to do something with us on some mountain. We think like, okay, that's like, you know, Mount Antaro, we know about that. It doesn't appear anywhere before then. Does so it have to be with Abraham? No. Bein-Hup-Tar? No. No. Bein-Hup-Tar, no. It's about exile and being saved and being brought to Abraham is told about land and about descendants and about a family. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as God saying, I'm gonna give you the path to me. I'm gonna give you my deepest eternal communication. That never happens. We're just sort of it sort of emerges as we leave Egypt. Dav ki we reach the highest kedushah. Kikenmatana Shami Parak is Raf Taruk says this is what God is doing, I don't know. But we can see it. And now this is the piece I really want to get b'shem Bishemrava Kodush Mikshishha. He says he said I heard from the, the holy verb Sipha Bunny Mikshish. Sheav Shahane Pashot Mit even though that the souls are becoming smaller, what we're our, our, our spiritual breath and, and greatness, it's, it's on the declines diminishing in every generation as time goes on. nonetheless <laughs> He says nonetheless the that point in the inner part of the heart is purified more and more in each generation. We might be on lower and lower spiritual levels. Not we might be. We are. We just are. And at the same time, the purity of the singular points inside of the heart becomes more and more pure. You know, none of us, none like we don't have people in this generation even who have levels of Torah knowledge and piety that people in previous generations have. for even like two generations ago, forget a thousand years ago. You know, it's like it's just not the same thing. And even the, the biggest baal rochach now is nothing compared to you know Zehariah Navi. Like it's just it's not. We can on some level you look at it and you can say like spiritually like the world's gone to it's, it's, it's a disaster. It's, there's nothing left. And, and Ripsnuchabani is saying there's a degree to which that's happening, and there's a degree to which something is becoming more pure. What's becoming more pure is the nukudash There's a point inside of the person's heart that's stronger. As time goes on. So with that, I want us to go back into the piece that's then, and he's going to be talking to us what it means to be one of God's people and what it means to be brought into a world that's not so easy to find out. Okay? So on your pages, we're on... In over here Well, let's just go to the next one, kibichlav. Okay, kibichlav. I'll just I'll say what what because because the previous paragraph it's a continuation of what we learned last week, and the Rebbe is basically saying that such there's such. It's possible that when you're living in a reality somewhat distant from this clarity of, of, of godliness and of holiness, the only way you're going to experience God is through what he calls no. Through what you're not. Through that feeling of, I'm missing something. That feeling of, I'm not, you know, where I was on Yom Kippur. Or I'm not where I thought I should be spiritual. That there's, you know, we saw last week that, that the Shekhinah is whispering to you with those who are saying, hey, I'm here with you. I'm not out of the game, you're still here. So let, let's go into this next paragraph. Kibichlal. In general, the coming of, a, of Yisrael to this world, what is the place of, of Am Yisrael, of the individual souls and people of Am Yisrael in this world, is to uncover and to spread godliness in every single place, even in the lowest regions even in the lowest places of the world, lowest experiences of the world, the lowest realms of, of life. This is a... We're messengers uh, to the lower places. He's going to get a little capitalistic here, so bear with me. We'll get through this. There's such thing... Of divine energy, Chayut, that's revealed through vessels, through the things of creation, which is Chayut kufanit lebar. It's just to give existence to physical matter, to physical material existence. Right? God gives uh, the earth the existence to be an earth. And there's another kind of revelation of of godly energy, which is what's called orot v'kevim, which is light and vessels, which is, there's things in the world, there's things in creation that are there to reveal godliness, not just to be given life, but to reveal God. And now vessels themselves, here. Let's just take it, strip it down. Stuff, stuff. Okay, stuff is given life by God too. Let me just give you. You know, let's make this simple. The words of Torah are given. Are given life from God. Are given existence from God. The temple's also given existence. Now, what's revealed through those two things is very different. What's revealed through a through 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 the words of Torah is is Dvar Hashem and is mitzvot, and is, and is, and is a, a godly message. And even if you want to, like, yeah, it's, it's stories, and it's words, and it's concepts, and it's ideas, and it's meaning. It's a path. Well, to go through a table is a piece of wood that I can put stuff on. They're both given divine energy. They're both given life from God. But one is explicitly to reveal godliness, and one is to, to exist. Okay, let's, let's, let's read on. So, my hand, my foot, okay? God is providing life and existence to my hand and foot all the time. But it's in existence what he calls It's enough to give it life. <laughs> Which isn't the case of other parts of, of my being. My heart, my mind. There's something else that can come from, from that. Thought, will. Thought and will and desire and feelings, those aren't just things that are here to give my body existence. We can say that my mind and my heart are much more clearly vessels to can, to uncover light, to reveal godliness, to reveal things that are beyond just that there is me. Okay, uh, it can bring something through me, whereas my body, on the simple level, is my body's here to be about. Me. So in the world too. So he gives you can take the same analogy from the from the body, from the human being, and, and take that to the world. The world has chayut, divine life, vitality to it. It's vitality to the degree of there is a world so that there can be a world. And through Am Yisrael in the world, by putting Am Yisrael through the world. There's also a revelation of machshavot kedoshot. holy consciousness, Torah, razon. The essence of God's holiness, which is Torah, and, and God's will in the world, is brought into the world through Avi. So do you hear? You hear how he's setting this up. God is giving life to everything that exists. The life, the existence God is giving to the world is: I want it to be a world. I want it to be oceans and rainforests and clouds and photosynthesis—all these amazing things. But it's there to give, uh, uh, to be a living system, a living planet. Within that planet, I also want the world to know my Torah. I want the world to know what's important to me. I want the world to be connected to holiness. Where does that come from? That doesn't come from just like from the rainforest necessarily. That there's, there's that Amisvel is carrying, are these conveyors of a holy consciousness into the into the planet. But he says that the Shu He's saying it's not just that we're carrying that we're like a postal service, you know, where we're actually embodying klusha This is his words. The, the God's, the core of God's holiness is being carried into the world. Sorry. God's world. So since God is one, if God's essence is going to reach through the entire world, if God's malchut, The full revelation of God is going to reach all the parts of the world. It has to reach the world through Kedusha. There has to be an outspreading of of this holy message, of this godly consciousness. (laughs) It can't be, for example, that there are some holy people on some beautiful island somewhere, and on the other side of the world, there's... Kind of just this city where people are like, Oh yeah, well over there, like it's not enough for the world that there's somebody in one place in the world who's carrying that consciousness. It has to be spread into every place. Because otherwise, the kingdom's not one, right? Otherwise malchuto, God's Malchut isn't isn't fully if we're talking about full revelation, what what the prophet calls the earth being filled with knowledge of God as water fills the ocean. Right? That means that it has to be in every corner of existence. So how does that happen? So yeah, is right, it possible? Right, because it is spread at any place that comes back in here. Yeah. So for that purpose, this is the important point. If you didn't hear it until now, that's fine. For that purpose, Amizra is sent to the lowliest places. Vinair Elohim Biatan with a candle of God. and through our being holy what we're doing is spreading this light of god this holiness of God into every single place and again dafka <laughs> to low places right? everything he said until now is how can I connect to God when I feel like <laughs> when i feel like I'm a, a mess up when i feel like there's no hope for me how can i connect to god in me? Saying don't you see? God's sending you there because that's where God wants wants there to be light. The light hasn't reached there yet. So in that experience of being so messed up, right there is where there's a revelation that's that's waiting to emerge from. So it is psukim that come from right before Matan Torah, God says, "I brought you on the um, on the eagle's wings, and I brought you to me." Because the whole earth is mine, and you will be for me a a kingdom of priests, of Koanim, and a holy nation. Now look how he look how he, what, he, what the Rebbe's going to do is puts together the end of the pasuk, the earth belongs to me and you're going to be for me all week. How is the earth going to belong to me? Through, through you being my Kohanim. It's not two separate things. It's not the world is mine and since the world is mine, I want you to be, you know, loyal messengers and obedient people. No. I want the world to be mine. And for that purpose, I've I've brought you here through you being my my al by means of you. And even if you are sunken up to your neck, God is with you. Ech how? through the no, through that feeling of not, through that feeling of I'm lost, of I'm mm-hmm. not there, of God's not here. That is how God's with you. He said earlier, it's hard for me to kind of bridge from last week to this week, but he was saying earlier, there's a voice that goes out from Sinai every day. That's, there's a part of our heart that's, that's awakened to Tshuva every day. And sometimes, because of where I'm at, the only the only awakening for chuva I can have is a feeling of like I am so messed up. There's no hope. For me. Sometimes that's that's a whisper of chuva from Harsina. He's saying right right there. Can I remember we flipped Can I flip the garment and set out? Can I can I see the message underneath those words? And I see that that God is talking to me through these. These, these what seem to be kind of a negative, hopeless message. Oh no! Underneath it, there's there's some kind of will that's that's waking up inside of me. I'm going to tell you a, a a short version of a short story. Uh, I mean, tells this amazing story um, that a king's son goes off and and learns how to be the most skilled craftsman in all the different kinds of art. And he comes back to the palace after a long time and, and father wants him to give a display. Let's see what what he what learned. So they gather together all of the experts, all of the masters um, in the country. And the son builds a chandelier, a menorah. And he shows it to me, a menorah. menorah, that's the word, like, menorah. It's and the king says to them, so what do you think? And each one of them says, to be honest, ugly. And each one of them said to the king, like, your son made, like, it's junk. It's ugly. And the king comes to the son and he says, you know, I know you've studied all this, but here's what, here's what the experts have to say. And he said, you know what, They each said that because I built this menorah out of the of each person, out of the lackings in each one of them. That's what I used to build this monologue. And if you ask them in particular, each one will say, that specific part, I really didn't like. But the rest, that part actually looks okay. I think it's because each one of them saw their what they're lacking in. And the part that they were lacking, they hated. And he said, this is showing you what a true artist I am. I could have made a beautiful monologue. But my art is so skilled that I, that I was able to, to create this piece of work out of the lockings in each person and show that effect. That's what happens to That's what happens to me. He says, that's a menorah. There's a menorah there, you know? Okay, there, I could look at it. I've got a dinky little tin thing. I'm putting it in my window and I lit a candle. Sweet. It's going to blow out in 35 minutes. And I did my mitzvah. Oh, okay. sweet. Hanukkah, it's the end of time. It's dark. And, you know, the Chashmonaim won a war, but um, the temple was destroyed 200 years later. And uh, things got really bad, like, relatively quickly. And uh, it was a civil war. And Jews were like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's a nice holiday you got. But, like, come on. So I can, I can look at all of Hanukkah. It's all chaser. And, and the rest of history and time, it's all chaser. Look, the war's just getting worse. That's a menorah to Khasunat. You know, that's looking at a menorah and saying, "Okay, that's what the that's the light you have to show me, God." That's 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 where I'm at. Is what the Rebbe is saying that I'm I'm up here up to my neck, and and that's I, I that's where you're saying, God, I'm 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 a I'm a Jew. I'm holy. This this Torah stuff has something to do with me. These stories, like they're real. There's hope. That God is what you're showing me. So that's. If, if, if all I'm doing is all I'm seeing, the cheswanot, do I be saying, how do I change my vision here? How do I recognize that the chisaron isn't telling me objectively the whole story? It's showing me a place that I have to begin to let God in that I haven't got in yet. It's showing me a place where I have to start saying, you know, from myself, who I am, what I am, God is actually with me. And this is the stuff God has given me to come close to God with. This is the stuff that God's given me to, be a me to be a messenger in this world with. It's not because I messed it up. I, I know I lost the game. Or I was never even the game to begin with. It feels like the opposite, right? It feels like it's, it feels like low. It's, it's a whole, the whole story is a, is, is a big N-O. Say, That's where God is holding you by the garment. The, the, the clothing is inside out. Our clothes are inside out. Our, 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 the, the vocabulary we have, the emotional vocabulary we have, the, the, the thinking that we have about all this stuff, the judgment we have about it. We, we begin to shift it and, and try to see if there's, there's another perspective. Let's read on a little. This, this whole thing, right, that we're on a mission to the lower places with a little candle in our hand, this is our entire ability to be received in Shuvah like B'Aqah. It's true. Wherever we are, we have to be. You know, the expectation is gotta be a, a kosher. You, you gotta do. You know what's expected. You gotta do what's right. You, we cannot stray a hair's breadth from the path of God. Doesn't always happen that way. Right? In Shemaim. They're us in Shemayim. God is looking at us favorably, saying hello. If the person hadn't been in this place in this situation, if they hadn't gone through these experiences, they would have never done the things they did. They would have never ended up there if they hadn't been thrust there. It's only because I, because God has sent us to a low, low, low place. That we ended up doing things like that or being that. Vilamini and why were we sent there? we weren't there for our own purposes. God sent us there for God's purposes. You hear that? That this is tshuva. This is why this is our was possible because God looks at us and says, you know, I know if I know that how you ended up there. I sent you there. I want you to be there because I need my people. To go to parts of the world that haven't been touched yet by me, and yeah, it's messy, and it's low. But that's that's the business that God is has, has taken. And you know, God's saying, oh, "This one, but this is my this is my my purpose here is to send Am Yisrael to these low, low, low places." The Gemara hints to this idea. The Kumara says the chuva is so great that it touches God's throne of glory, throne of honor. Now, usually we read that Kumara, usually the Kumara is understood to mean the greatness of a person who does chuva is that they get to a point where they can, whatever that means, that they reach God's throne. But the Rebbe is saying otherwise, not, not the greatness of one who has accomplished. Tshuva. What does it mean, Gddola Chuva? this is the true greatness, the infinite ability of chuva. Why is how is it that chuva is so boundlessly possible? Why is chuva so can why can chuva reach anywhere? Because our lives know not we touch our, the, the things of our lives touch are, are touching above we were sent everywhere in life that we were sent that for God's purposes God's needs to bring that message that knowing that that light into the world to a place that hasn't been yet and those are the reasons that we trip that's we trip up when we get to those places. So It's for God's honor that we're sent and we're sent. That's where that's where tshuva is. That's why Chuva can can always reach us, because God's saying, you know, I sent you there. You're there for me. For me. You don't like it? Yeah, I didn't. I did don't like it either. Let's let's move on. Together. Let's 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 know that we're in this together. I'll read one more paragraph at least. these. <laughs> now let's go back to what we spoke about before. Mi right? Says, who can go up to God's who, who can have these, you know, elevated connections with God? V'im love, but if you can't always have that kind of elevated list, um, connection with God. al panim, mi minkum Who can at least stand? What does it take to at least stand in the place that I'm at and not fall? not fall from it, right? Not collapse. How is it that I can, I can, I can hold on to something that in whatever place that I actually am right now, I can still be Kodesh. I can still know that I'm, that I'm holy, that there's something holy here, that I'm not just worthless, that it wasn't the worthless endeavor this whole, lot all true. Because God is always with, with you. Even when you are seeing how low you are, and when you're suffering from this kind of concern and worry about yourself, like I talked about earlier, just the feeling of being worried about my my spiritual state, just the feeling of like not knowing if I'm ever going to make it. That worry is a hidden voice of God inside of me too. The fact, the 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 fact that God is with you wherever you are, this is your basic ability to pray, and for your prayer to have an an echo above. <coughs> Why? Because <coughs> Hashem is also praying. Hashem shebanu. The God, the godliness that's within us is also praying in <clears> the <throat> God is always, always with us. <inaudible> However, we might, whatever situation we might find ourselves in. <inaudible> and it's God's prayer that's enclosed in our prayers. When I'm praying, It's that godliness inside of me falling out through me. We saw last week from Moshe Rabbeinu, he said, said, you think prophecy is like two people talking to each other? You think a prophet, there's like a projector screen or some kind of hologram that talks a voice from the outside to the prophet? He says, no, prophecy. Moshe was speaking And God's voice was resounding through Moshe's voice. The revelation comes from within. The answers to your prayers might be in your praying. Because in your praying is where God is praying with you. So just because I feel like I don't have hope, it doesn't mean that prayer is futile also. And just because I feel like I'm in such a low place that all of these ideas of Torah or or, or hope hopefulness like isn't really pertain to me. He says, "No, that that's that's the vocabulary you have right now. You have to understand that it's not just you, it's not just in your dialogue, in a monologue here, in a conversation here with God. So there's, there's something happening inside. Moshe This is a Quotes from the from Rabbi Israhmi Vidic of this idea. Allah Pasukva Yikrashem Hashem. Right, the the thirteen attributes of God's compassion, you can meet a rachamin, which Hashem taught Moshe Hart Signai after the the golden calf. starts out how? Hashem Hashem. Kerrachum. God's name is repeated. God, God, Hashem, Hashem. So the Rabbi Yzhabitch teaches. Why is God's name twice? It's the we divinity say, with... Well, that's the Gemara. But here it's different. It says it's God inside of you. God within you. Hashem, where Hashem. Does, where, where, does where is the rachamim born from? The rachamim is born out of the, the inner voice of God coming through your tefillah to... To the godly possibility beyond you. Hashem, Hashem, God is Davening to God's self. Through you, through your prayers. That's it. That. That's what the system is saying. So how do I just you know, just enter into the closeness of the relationship? Just entering into the closeness, just entering into the the bond. It's not only where it begins, but it's like what it's all about we saw this with the atta where we said, when you're praying, your main things that you're giving, you're creating presence for God. You're giving a, a, a chance for God's presence to be. We're stuck on this trip of like right and wrong, of success and failure, of making it and the falling. that's a very limited perspective. We're, we're, we're missing what's really going on as long as we're only living. And And then just to bring it back to the whole conversation here of, you know, being here in this world, being in there, here in this world, you know, the one perspective is the world looks pretty crummy and dark and I feel pretty crummy and dark too. And he's saying that the whole perspective, the, the, the godly perspective is Oh, no, you're the one carrying my candle into a dark little corner of, of reality. You have a little candle. By Ne'er Hashem Nishmat says that what's God's candle? It's the human soul. Your soul's there, like you're, you're carrying my candle somewhere. Okay, it still looks dark. Okay, it still looks dark. But in order for, for my... Consciousness for my holiness, for my being to spread into its fullness. I need you to be there. You're the one to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here and now read the last two paragraphs, so that we have time to to look at this other piece of This is a thing, just kind of you see now, like why I brought this thing from the psycho Banim but That as time goes on, it's like yeah. On one level, it looks like spiritually we're kind of falling to the pieces here. Our people, our world, our Yiddish kind whatever. But that there's some inner point that's becoming stronger and stronger as we go. Some inner point that's becoming more and more pure. You know, and, and on some level, I'm not gonna go there, okay. Let's go into this piece. Shabbos Chanukah, Ver Chamelech, page Shinyud Gimon. Uh, actually, no, Shinyud Bet. Okay, in the middle where it says with David Amelech. Ah, here. Yeah. Okay. we got David Amelech. You have the piece? Okay, David oh, You know, let's go up to the previous paragraph just because it's really beautiful. Ken hu avaru tenu at the I'm jumping in the middle, so let's just be in the middle, whatever we don't get. We don't This is how our service of God is. Serving God isn't just for our own purposes. Our Avodat Hashem belongs to the world. What's the wholeness of our service of God? The question isn't how good did you do for yourself. The question is, how am I serving God with the whole world? With creation, with other people, with Paola? In the context of the whole reality that I'm in. How is my Avodah part of that? What's the first thing that God told Adam to do? Come into my world. Give me a, I built a garden and I want you to go walk into there. Take care of my world, do a for on behalf of my world. all of the mitzvot, that's what they're for, they're for the world. They're not for me. It doesn't say go into my world and be a good servant and be very careful to not mess up. To serve her, to guard her. Imallam. Our Hoda is something that's that's with the world. That's for the purpose of the world. David the Melech asked God. He begged God, "Show me, God, your path." Another part in Zealim, David says, "Show me, God, the path of your hukkim, of your laws, your mitzvot." Seemed like a strange thing to ask. We have a whole Torah telling us what God's path is and what the mitzvot are. Why is David crying asking God, show me your way? <coughs> Open the book, David. There's a lot of Israelim who want to serve God. And they bemoan themselves, lament, we lament ourselves about the fact that, you know, I don't really do all the mitzvot that I'm supposed to do. I'm not doing what the Torah asks of me. So that's one one level of bemoaning my avoda, of being dissatisfied with But to bemoan the fact, or to lament, or groan, or cry over the fact that I don't know God's way? People aren't aren't uh, sighing about that so much. Because they have the simple answer, what do you mean it's all written down? I know what God's way is. I should cry over not knowing what God's path is. Especially in our generation, everything's actually printed in books. Right? There was a time when the oral Torah, actually knowing how to do the mitzvah correctly, it wasn't, you couldn't just open a book and read it. Right? With everything. The Mishnah was was permitted to be written in some way. The Gemara is written, the Shulchan is written, the... Uh, every Sefer halacha is telling you 18 different ways to fulfill a mitzvah in any given situation. You have it all written! I don't need to cry over not knowing God's path. There's a lot of books that I can at my disposal. I can cry over hey, Did I do it right but the truth is whoever says this, as So it means for that person that there is no more oral Torah. Because everything's written down. And instead of their previously being oral transmission. A Torah that's communicated in real time, in life, through relationship, through experience, a communicated Torah. Okay, there used to be that, and there used to be a written one, but now there's just a very big written one. And then the person saying, okay, there's no more Torah if that's how you're seeing the world, I'm not going to get into right now to tell you what does it mean that there's oral oral life in this day and age. I'm not going to go into there now. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read a chunk here. So he said, I'm not going to get into defining for you what sorry about, of but we can see that there's people who come and look at what's written and mold it to fit whatever kind of perverse thinking they want. And there's many people who Spend their entire lives thinking that they're righteous and which it is they're missing relative. What, he, what, what he's saying here is, is what can come out of the perspective that it's only a written Torah Once it's only a written Torah, so I can just take the words and play with them and turn them into what I want. To say that there's there's still a message to be heard in, in this day and age, that's something that people are ignoring. Here's okay, that's what's written. I'm going to do it this way. And look, I'm, I'm a tzaddik because it's written and that's what it On the contrary, saying that the true tzaddikim didn't just read the Torah and then assume that they're tzaddikim. tzaddikim. Each one found their own path within the Torah and recognized that the Torah has many different paths to the degree to which and Shama, you can see two opposite paths and say, hey, there, are, there are different paths that are within the Torah, not by ignoring the Torah. So let's go even though the whole Torah is written, nonetheless, the main Torah is still oral. Right, it says in very. The Torah, this matter, this thing, this Torah, right? it's not on the other side of the sea, it's not way up in heaven. It's extremely close to you, the fika'u bilbab in your mouth and in your heart, to do. Right, oral. It's an oral Torah. But oral here means that it's something that touches deeply inside of you, the fika'u bilbab It's something that, an oral Torah is something that reaches Within, to, to, to within you and brings you out from there. Mm-hmm. If you can get in touch with the core of your being you can see or that's how you can find yourself. In the Not by a sort of distant manipulation of the words that are written but through finding a resonance between your soul and and. And that's why David Melech was begging God, please, God, show me your path. I know that, apart or in addition to what's written, to really know the 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 essence of the path to you, it's dependent on Torah okay. Let me just take this a step away also I spoke about earlier. I can know every like halacha in the world. I don't know how to how to reach God. Nothing that's written in books is teaching me how to how to reach God. Well, it's a bit of an exaggerated statement, but like it's helpful. But it's not like a formula. It's not like oh if I know the mitzvot, and I know what's written in the books. so... That's how you get to a, a holy way of living. That's how you get to a God. No, I think we all know that. Some no people live like that. And that's exactly what they're ever saying. People think that that's what it is. But it's just not. So he's saying, he speaks so honest. You know? saying, I I have to beg God. Harani Yashem Bekbecha. David is begging God. What does it mean that it's dependent on Torah Shabbat? The, the way to you to really come to you it's dependent on the Torah that you can will, can reveal to each soul of Am Israel each and every one according to their own in their own, place, in their own place so God show me the way to you also please I want and desire and yearn very, very much to go all the way to you, but I don't know the way. I don't know. I don't know your path. King David said? King David said, After all, he, the telling that he wrote? It's part of Tehillim. Show me your path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. adam and here when the Rebbe uses the word itayir, he's, he's 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 giving us a way to 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 bring this home. and to sit and and, and conjure up this feeling and and, and for ourselves. as if as if I'm 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 wandering lost in the wilderness somewhere and uh, there's there's wild animals, there's thieves, there's murderers, there's I don't know where. It I don't know where I am. In any wrong step, I can take one step closer to danger. and it. My heart is pained even more. My parent, who can, has the ability to save me right now, who can help me right now, though the one who can save me from any of these, these things that are threatening me, is so, so close to me. But I don't know how to get there, how to get to it that parent. I don't know how to get to But I know that they're so close. I just don't know how to get to them. How deep will the call and the cry be to this person who's lost, who knows that the parent is right near that? God, God, show me that. Show me how to get to you. I want to come to you, so please, I need you. We need to do a inner accounting. Not just about am I walking on God's path am I doing the mitzvot right? I have to sit deeply with the question do I even know what the path to God is? Take take a real honest accounting. I don't even know where to go. I don't even know where to turn. I don't even know how to approach God. When he was on his deathbed, he was crying. He says, there's two paths before me. And I don't know which one I'm going if he didn't know, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zaka, I didn't know at the end of his life which path he's on. What could we say better than him? In this world, how many, there's so many convoluted paths. There's no clear map. but he's saying, what we need to do is we need to just keep asking this question. This has, this is, you know, the, the basic tefillah of a human being in this world, the basic tf, the basic prayer of a, of a person in this world is, I don't know how to get to, Can you, try to you. Can you show me the radio? Can you show me the radio? Especially what we learn really like as, as time goes on generations go on and our consciousness changes and our world evolves and it's like every, every, not everything becomes less and less clear. Everything is less of a given. So what are we going to do? We're going to try to but I say, oh, but but there used to be a road that connects from that town to that town, and, you know, maybe it's not there anymore, but we can pretend it is. I say, no, no. I said, no, the, the place to start is to say, oh, show me your way, because I don't know how to go. And just, this, this possible, You possible. Know, I imagine that the Rebbe said this time. He wrote a song to it. He wrote a song to it, and when he taught his students... Um, Different meditations, he said. When he finished the before meditation, this is the song that there's no such thing. There's no such thing as coming close to God without also acknowledging that we don't know. How. That is the way. That is the way. That is the way. With Rabbi Shmuel Torah, how is God close to me? Is sometimes by feeling how how not close we are. Right? Where does the where does the desire to, to see a new way come from? Where does, you know, someone who I'm close with when I feel the pain of not being really in with them right now. So that's what, what uncovers a new way to connect, right? If the love between us, if the connection between us is, is real and it's worthwhile, so it sometimes takes that feeling to get to a deeper place, right? It takes that, that, that breakdown and the feeling of how painful that break is and the full acknowledgement of it. Now, if I acknowledge that, all I feel is how far I am from that person. Isn't but but you know what's going on there? The ability to become closer is starting again. So I want us just to, to, to wrap up here. Maybe, maybe in person, but this is, first of all, this is Hanukkah. I'm, I'm historical level, as I talked earlier, but even the... The minog of, of Chanukah is to bring the light to a very low place to the ground, you know, between three and ten fachim. That's, that's the, the, according to the Mekubalim, according to the Arizal, it's beneath ten fachim that we're supposed to bring the um, Ampia, yeah, which Chalel says, the Shekhinah never got to that low. God's presence, has, God's presence hasn't reached that part of the earth yet. That's where you have to go and let your minog. That's where you let your minog. You like you bring your light into the place that God's light hasn't hasn't been. That's what, what the basicness of Hanukkah is. And I'll say one more thing about this. I just I saw this today in learning about the halachas of Hanukkah. What determines how many candles? What day it is? How many people are there? So so let's say there's eight people in the family. So you have a household of eight. So the first night of Hanukkah you're lighting a total of eight candles. The second night you're lighting 16. Mini Hanukkah, it's, it's revealing a light in time. It's revealing that light through the soul, each individual. In words, it's creating the Nech the, 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 the Hanukkah is the person who's living in this world right now. And who's going through those days. It's not just this generic blanket mitzvah of Chanukah, light and light. It's like, no, each and every person's mere Chanukah is, is what's being lit. That's, that's what this mitzvah is. It's for your light to be lit on that day, in this place and time. And without your light, you didn't do the mitzvah. You, you didn't do the mitzvah. Okay, you can fulfill the mitzvah. I'm somebody else will say sure. But the, the most beautiful way to do the mitzvah, it says in the voice, the in a right? which is the way most people do it nowadays. To go all the way is that your light has to come. So I want to just take a moment and uh, you go inside. Or you go inside. And let yourself just get in touch with a part of you that feels... A little chaser, a little lacking, a little low, a little, like, Maybe it's something that you experienced recently. Maybe it's uh, something that's pain in your relationship and experience. The desire that you haven't been able to fulfill. Be that you you know yourself, and it'll just be there, even just be feeling there without trying to move it away, without trying to it. See what it's like to, to sit and be with that feeling, with the knowledge of that's brought me to this place, and there it can be a, a candle in my hand. For some reason there's a light that I need to, to carry to this place. I don't know what to do with it, I don't know what's going to come with it. But I can ask from this feeling, Shem, what do you want from me? What's the way to you? What's your path that I am on with this feeling? You just know it's okay to not know the way. It's okay.
0: Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes, given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, go to shareshalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Cohn. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.